Hello and welcome to the Amateur Austenite. My name is Frances Duncan. I am an author and the founder of the Jane Austen Society of New Zealand. My special guest today is my sister Paula. Hello. And we're going to be discussing chapter 38 of Pride and Prejudice by Jane Austen. In chapter 38, Elizabeth and Mariah leave Huntsford for London. Paula was saying, I actually heard her laughing while she was reading this chapter, that it's a very funny chapter. Yeah, it is. It's gorgeous because... We've got the um, comedic character, of course, of Mr. Collins. He's adorable, really. Oh, he is. I just love the fact that he thinks that he and his wife are of one mind. Um, it's just beautiful. One mind and one way of thinking. There is in everything a most remarkable resemblance of character and ideas between us. We seem to have been designed for each other. It just shows how how much of a lack of self-knowledge he has and how he likes to see the world through, uh, you know, well, I wasn't going to say rose-tinted glasses, but I guess it's just his perspective. Whereas Lizzie says it was melancholy to leave Charlotte in such society. Yeah, poor Charlotte. But, you know, good on Charlotte. She doesn't ask for sympathy. Mm-hmm. As Elizabeth said, uh, she did not seem to ask for compassion. Mm. She had chosen it with her eyes open, and though evidently regretting that her visitors were to go, she did not seem to ask for compassion. Her home and her housekeeping, I love this alliteration, her parish and her poultry and all their dependent concerns had not yet lost their charms. Yeah, it must be nice to have a little bit of power over something, because of course for women, you didn't really have any power at all uh, when you were not married, and of course you didn't have much power when you were married, but you had more than when you had when you weren't married. <laughs> If that makes sense. So the fact she that she is running her own household. Exactly, yeah. The fact that she's running her own household um, and that she has some responsibility to the people in the parish would be quite exciting for her. I think at this point she's content rather than happy, but perhaps when she has kids that she might actually be happy because then she'll have somebody to love. Oh, you just made me think of them having children and how children are made and Mr. Collins. Oh, but we know by the end of the novel that she is pregnant. Why did you have to go there? You're the one that went there. Oh. But it is cute, you know, that Mr. Collins being so important in this chapter. And there's a bit he's obliged to walk about the room because words were insufficient for the elevation of his feelings. That was one of the bits I laughed at. It's funny. And Elizabeth is trying to unite civility and truth. Which is sweet of her. She she could treat him with contempt and she doesn't. Yeah, she is um, She is a kind woman um, and a sensible woman. And, and of course, she, she um, hasn't related to anybody what uh, Mr. Darcy has revealed to her in his letters. So, of course, she must be under extreme strain emotionally Yet she's not taking it out on anyone and she's still, as you say, very polite to Mr. Collins, which says something about her character. At the end of the chapter, she's thinking about telling Jane about Mr. Darcy's proposal, but she's worried that she might accidentally let something slip about Mr. Bingley. Yes, so she's worried more about her sister than herself, which is really lovely. But they don't have a chance to really talk about it when they're in London because of their various engagements. So... Mrs. Gardner keeps them busy like Mrs. Bennett keeps her visitors busy. Yes, and I guess that's what women did in those days, didn't they? They called on people and people called on them. And they didn't sort of 
go out for a quiet coffee and a chat like we do today. No, you're more likely to go to other people's houses or go to the theatre, potentially. Yeah, so there wouldn't have been much chance for privacy, would there? No. I think especially with the ever-present servants that we don't see but are there. Absolutely, that makes a huge difference, doesn't it? So Lizzie has to wait till she gets home to actually have a talk with Jane about what happened. And it's interesting that it says that Jane looked well and Elizabeth had little opportunity of studying her spirits. In other words, when they were out visiting people or people visiting them, she knew that her sister wasn't always being honest with her feelings. Well, not dishonest, but... Uh, putting on a show or you know wearing a mask of polite civility for people which they did a lot in those days I think people do a lot less these days you can tell when someone's upset because they don't try to hide it the same yeah and I guess that's something we've been talking about a little bit over the last few weeks Mm. um, with Darcy and Elizabeth at the proposal both holding themselves together until they went their separate ways Uh, Darcy being very careful in what he wrote giving it to Elizabeth and then just walking away and her dealing with this letter and not talking to anyone about it a very very different way of living to how well we live today in 2020 in New Zealand anyway yeah I don't think I'd be able to hold something like that in and today of course we have lots of ways of contacting people as well so it allows us to do that she could have just called Jane and talked it over with her or, you know, put it on Instagram. <laughs> I made it very public. Oh, my God. Darcy just proposed. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And it's really um, gorgeous that Jane Austen has put Mariah in there as well to show the difference in the experience of the two women So and in their perceptions of what it was like because, you know, for Elizabeth, she's not, you know, really that excited about going to Rosings. But um, Mariah obviously is very uh, overwhelmed by it. and All the exclamation points. Yes, yes, exactly. And um, how much I sh- shall have to tell. You know, she's really excited by that. Uh, but that's really kind of used by Austin as a counterpoint to Elizabeth with, you know, as she says, and how much I shall have to conceal so it's not just that she isn't as overwhelmed by Rosings as Mariah. It's also the fact that, you know, amazing things have happened to her personally while they've been there. Um, I think it also highlights that Mariah is that much younger. We don't know how old she is, but she is younger and she's potentially not as smart as Charlotte. Like Lizzie being the smartest in her family, I think we can probably safely say that Charlotte is the smartest in her family. Yeah, because Mariah seems to be more like her father than Charlotte is. It's a really short chapter. It is. Um, It's only three pages in my book. It's about four pages in mine. And I was going to say it's important, but I don't know if it is actually important at all. I wonder if that chapter wasn't there, if it would make any difference to a book, to the book. You think if we just went straight from Hunsford to London? Well, even if... They went straight from Huntsford to them meeting the girls, Kitty and Lydia, where they meet them in the next chapter. But it is nice to have the humour. 
And that's my guess was why Jane Austen included the chapter because it is funny. And it does have them picking up Jane to go home with them. Otherwise, they just arrive at home and suddenly Jane's with them. But it, that could have been explained in a sentence or true. I was going to say a sentence or two, but Jane Austen writes very long sentences, so it could have been explained in one sentence. <laughs> one sentence that takes up a whole paragraph or half a page. Yeah, exactly. But, you know, Jane Austen seems to like her humour. She seems to like um, putting funny pieces through her novels, particularly because, of course, she was pulling apart the society that she lived in and ridiculing them. So my guess is that's why she had this chapter with Mr. Collins in there. Because he is so funny. Yeah, and she likes to point out the foibles of her society. And that is our summary of chapter 38 of Pride and Prejudice by Jane Austen. My name is Frances Duncan. You can find me at francisduncanwrites.com and on Twitter at Francis underscore Duncan. Thank you for listening and we wish you happy reading. Just popping back in to let you guys know that we have merch now. I haven't actually got merch with my face on it. That seems a little weird to me, but if you really want it, let me know and I'll do that. There's merch of... The Jane Austen Society of Aotearoa New Zealand's logo, uh, some Jane Austen merch, and some Pride and Prejudice Heavily Pride-focused merch, too. It's on Redbubble, and the link is in the notes. Happy buying!